Jeans and a Nice Top, a crash course in modern dating with Ash and Mel. Hi, Ash. Hi, Mel. And also hi to our very special guest today. It's Bridget Hustwaite. She has written a book called How to Endo. It's all about endometriosis. Um, yes. Hi, Bridget. Hi, Ash. Hi, Mel. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hi. Thanks for being here. So for our listeners who might not really know what endo endometriosis is, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, totally. And this is like my favorite question to start off any chat because it's such <laughs> a um, confusing thing. And um, I've said it so many times, but when you go to Google it, the first result that comes up is incorrect. <laughs> so, oh, what? Yeah, it's crazy. SEO. Yeah, I, I think it's just for Google in Australia because I have some like international endomates and they don't have the problem. But yeah, when you Google it in Australia, the first definition that comes up is wrong. So, endo is essentially this chronic inflammatory um, condition where tissue similar to the lining of the uterus, so we call the mm. lining of the uterus, the endometrium. Um, it's tissue similar to that that grows outside of the uterus. And it's, um, I think for a lot of people, it is kind of uh, within their reproductive area, but it's been found in every major organ of the body. Wow. Yeah. Um, at the time of writing my book, um, we only knew that it was every major organ except the spleen. But then a, a study came out in October and confirmed that, yep, it's been found in the spleen too. Oh, God. So, it's everywhere. It's just like, cool, go everywhere then. Yeah, go off, go off, endo. <laughs> Um, but yeah, really it's like this whole body condition. It causes a lot of pain. Um, it can cause organs to stick together. Um, it can cause yeah, inflammation of course. And in some people as well, um, infertility too. So there's no known cause or cure, but, um, a lot of misinformation and confusing, um, things kind of floating about because, uh, unfortunately a lot of people, um, believe that it is the endometrium, but there's, um, yeah, there's differences between these two kind of, um, cells and tissues. And if, if it was the endometrium, then we could look at things like a hysterectomy or, mm. um, you know, other cure kind of things, but, uh, that doesn't cure endo because it's not the same tissue and it's outside of the uterus. So oh God, yeah, no, that's just the fucking worst. Yeah. Because <laughs> all I really knew about endo was that it can cause really, really like horrifically painful PMS, like not PMS, but like pre-period pain, I mm -hmm. suppose. And that it was, I knew about it growing outside of the uterus, but I did also think that it was just the same tissue. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting. And I didn't realize it could grow in other organs and all over your body. That's just... I mean, I just feel like women have enough to deal with and then just to add this into our lives is really unfair. Honestly, yeah, it's so common. It's um, yeah, just as common as asthma and diabetes. But the thing is too with endo, um, like it doesn't just, you know, depend or have a direct link with your period either because there's so many mm. different symptoms. And I think that's why it's so hard to diagnose because um, bloating and fatigue and abdominal cramping mm. and painful bowel movements and in your bladder, um, even chest pain. Like I have some friends who have had um, endo found in their diaphragm, uh, which is oh, God. yeah, pretty full on. It's even been found in some men as well. There's been some um, like rare cases, but like still definitely valid 
um, to acknowledge and include. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not just like a painful period. There's so much more to it. And I only yeah. came to, you know, know all this um, following my diagnosis. I had no idea um, when I was trying to get answers for myself. And that process of getting answers probably, I'm assuming, was was tricky, right? It was hard. Oh, dude, it was so long. It was <laughs> it was just like such a journey. I first went to a doctor when I was 15. So um, my, my period was my first cause of concern that led me to, you know, see a doctor. Um, it was around the age of 15 and it was just getting so heavy and uncomfortable. I was like year nine, year 10, and it was just so shit to deal with like my other schoolmates weren't you know they seemed to be dealing with their periods fine and I was just in so much agony so um my mum was really concerned too so we went to a doctor and um you know endo wasn't even brought up like and I wasn't taught about it in high school it wasn't covered in the health curriculum at the time um and I was just told to go on the pill and then throughout the years other symptoms occurred and kind of extended beyond my period like the the painful bowel movements and when I became sexually active that was like really painful and um, abdominal cramping too and I had an endoscopy for that uh, they couldn't find anything but we never thought to link all of it together um, and then it was yeah 2018 where I got my diagnosis so it was essentially like a 12-year journey for me to get any kind of confirmation as to what this pain was and then following that diagnosis when I um, you know kind of took it upon myself to learn more about the condition and create endogram um, and read books and do my own research that I did realize that it has yeah whole body effects and all of these things that I was dealing with were connected it was like so weird (laughs) Um, I was going to talk to you about the painful sex part of things because I feel like I haven't had like ongoing experience with painful sex, but I definitely have had times as I think everybody has where sex has not been pleasurable and it's actually just been like an awful experience that you just kind of want to get through. Mm. And you talked about in your book and this like fucked me up, honestly, Bridget, (laughs) these descriptions of what sex can feel like when you've got endo. It was like, ah, like I felt, I feel uncomfortable even reading them out. I'm like punched in the intestines, ow. And this one really got me an open wound rubbed with salt, which yeah. is like the absolute last thing I'd ever want to do, let alone in my vagina. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of like, I mean, for some of us, obviously, you know, sex can be painful once every now and then. And, you know, that's say if it's a one-off occurrence. I have a friend though where in a similar way where sex can often be quite painful and she's talked to me about it before and it's just that kind of, that awful thing where you want to do it and you you're turned on and you're excited to do it but then the actual act of sexual intercourse itself is not fun and that must be incredibly shit and how i suppose beyond those descriptions what are the other difficulties that come about from sex being painful because of endo yeah well oh gosh i mean this has been yeah like a pretty big symptom for me like when i became sexually active when i was 18 with my first serious boyfriend um I thought the first few goes would be painful just because you like kind of get into the swing of things whatever but it continued and I think I mentioned in the book there was one night where it was so bad that we just had to stop like midway and I couldn't Mm. even be like I wasn't even comfortable just like you know curled up in fetal position on his bed I had to drive home Mm. and just like I was like I've got to go like this is too much for me to handle Mm. and it was just like this crazy burning stinging feeling like the the salt in the wound thing kind of yeah is how I 
probably would describe it best and for that to happen internally like it's just such an awful feeling um and, and it makes it hard um you know like luckily my first partner well both of the partners that I've had in my life have been um really understanding but uh I think it brings so many other issues like beyond the physical pain it can have such an emotional effect like it can really mm. take a blow to your confidence and your mm. self-esteem it can also make your partner feel shit because even though they know it's endo, they may um, still feel like it's, you know, a sense of rejection and like that they're not yeah. wanted. And, and it can be really hard to talk about. Um, and it's something, I mean, it's really interesting for me now um, to be completely honest with you guys. So mm. uh, six days before my book came out, my partner of five years broke up with me. So I'm now navigating mm. This dating single. oh god yeah th- and this is the first time that I will be uh navigating a dating you know dating and mm. um and mm. navigating my illness as a single person like following the diagnosis um so I'm really um I don't want to say I'm scared but I'm definitely like oh gosh like it's going to be so interesting for me to kind of experience that having come out of a relationship of, of five years and especially in a time like modern dating, you know, we are talking about, you know, so many apps, like I never really got on, got onto them. This will be the first time that. Oh yes. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I, I have no idea what I'm in for. And I think it's going to be a huge learning curve for me as well. Like trying to, um, you know, when the time comes, should I find someone that I do want to get intimate with? Like, navigating that conversation it probably will be okay for me given like you know the fortunate position that I have in that people know that I talk about this stuff mm. um yes yeah so I, like you literally have a book yeah, so it's like yeah. cool yep okay she's got endo got it one night stand just leave the book on their bedside table <laughs> the next morning instead <laughs> just, of my number just hand it to them <laughs> yeah. but I guess it's, you've got that extra layer of I guess emotional labor going into yeah. a date now yeah. if you do choose to get intimate that it that it's on you to explain what endo is from scratch. I'm sure like you will, you'll be blessed to find a man who's like, Oh, I understand that. Like, well, well, I mean, I guess at our age, perhaps I've had past partners with it and they do understand, but I guess the vast majority will be giving them the elevator pitch, right? That's so true. Yeah, it's so true. Um, And that's something that I haven't really uh, considered yet, I suppose is, yeah. Like what, what Mm. do you do when you are sitting across from that person and you're like, Oh, shall we, you know, take it home or whatever, when when do you bring it up how do you break it down I think though um and especially from like I guess my observation over the last few years in terms of the conversations I mean you know with my job um working for Triple J I connect with so many young people um on a daily basis and um with my endo I've had so many guys reach out and and um say you know Mm. like you talking about it's made me understand like what my sister's going through oh that's so good yeah I've had like Mm. um you know other women uh message me and they're like my boyfriend heard you on the radio and he bought your book for me like that is so yeah that man (laughs) yeah like that (laughs) makes me so happy and um it's just such a rewarding feeling to know that this is kind of um, helping people form their own narrative and create those those dialogues and conversations um, surrounding what they've gone through. I remember I had one one young young girl message me. She's like a female tradie and she was working in the, the workshop when um, when Hack covered my diagnosis uh, in 2018, and that that gave her the opportunity to turn around to her male colleagues, the other tradies, and was like, "Hey, this is why I've been in hospital and I've had to take time off and like." 
I think that's so empowering, you know, that people feel that they can have those conversations. And I think it is becoming normalized now because of this, but it's still a daunting thing because you just don't know how it's going to receive. And and, and like you said, the emotional labor of it, because it can be really draining to talk about and you don't want to feel like you're being, you know, Mm. a buzzkill or you're like, yeah, you're kind of, you know, killing the mood or whatever Mm. um and yeah it's gonna be it's I mean it's gonna be interesting for me like how I'm gonna navigate this but it's it's this is why we have to talk about it because you get put in these situations and you're just like god I don't want to feel um yeah like I'm you know gonna ruin things or whatever not that you should feel that but no it's just but you do like you we've had an episode like a while ago that was like about we called it like baggage light like just you know when you've got something that you're going to have to tell like a new sexual partner or a new dating partner or whatever, but it's not like a big deal that it needs to be like from the very get go. It's just a chat that will come up and it is really daunting. And I think they're still daunting topics. And and I think we were talking about, I basically, I didn't um, have sex for the first time till I was 26. And that was a real burden for a few years when I started dating and was like, well, I'm keen to get sexually active, but I'm still going to have to wait for me personally for the right person to do Mm. that with where I feel comfortable. And it's just that fear where you're like, am I going to raise this topic with this person that I'm kind of like at this point and have it crumble everything down? And and I don't want to be too intense, but obviously it's a serious thing that I need to talk about. So I'm feeling nervous. So there's a little bit of intensity there. I think it is really hard to have those convos. Um, what I was going to ask though, is, is sex always painful or is it kind of like sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, and you just don't know when it will be? Like, is it something where you would just go in and just give it a shot or is it like, no, you really would prefer to talk about it up front? Yeah. I mean, it's so different for so many people. For me, it's such a hit and miss. Like I never know when it's going to be Mm. um, bad. And even when I'm like fully in the mood and like, you know, I I really want to do it. Um, Because, you know, sometimes like your mindset can really obviously affect it. But even when your mindset is so like, yeah, let's get it. Like I want to, I want to get in on there. Um, But then yeah, the, the, the endo, the, the pain just kind of, you know, takes the front seat there um it's it's so unpredictable and it's it it can be just so hard when you when you when your partner does know that you you really want to do it and you're like you know there's yeah just the amount of times that I've had to stop like midway or just like cut it short um Mm. and it's so annoying because like once you do you try not to let the pain over overtake how you're feeling but then you're like nah all right this is enough I don't want to like you know be curled up afterwards and then uh, it's just, it, it is a really tricky thing, but I think it's just, yeah, like important to, um, you know, not only have those conversations and I guess the conversation, like the way in which you go about it is really important. Cause I guess you kind of want to come from it. Like, um, you know, especially if it's a, a casual partner or someone that you're about mm. to get intimate with for the first time and just be like, Hey, I have this chronic condition. Um, it can cause a bit of pain. I just want to let you know, but here's what works for me. I think what's really important is whether or not, you know, Mm. regardless of, you know, if you're in a relationship or you're single, still take the time to work on yourself and get in touch with yourself literally um, (laughs) and figure out what it is that makes you feel good and something that could be, I guess, an alternative to maybe penetration. I like, cause I think that's a, a really important conversation and something that 
we covered in the book. I um, spoke to Chantelle Lawton, who's a sexologist in yes, Melbourne. Yes, we, we love Chantelle. Yeah. She's such a ledge. Yeah, and she's so approachable. Like, we've had so many conversations um, in the lead up to the uh, the book even happening. I mean, she she's just finished her her book draft we kind of got um our contracts at the same time which was cool Mm. and you know we connected online because she was um not only covering you know all things sex but she really does um make an effort to understand chronic pain and she works with a pelvic physio um and she really gets it and I think what was such an eye-opener from our conversations is just kind of redefining your idea of of what sex means to you because it, it doesn't have to just be a you know, full in and out, like kind of thing. Like it can yeah. be, it can be anything. Um, and I think that's what we need to embrace more. And we, ev- everyone as individuals need to take the time to um, understand and figure out what sex means to us personally and um, embrace that and kind of bring that into the new relationships that you form or the existing ones that you have um, and just being a bit more open-minded because it, it shouldn't be, you know, penetration shouldn't be a be-all, end-all and that shouldn't be the one defining thing. So Yes, um, no, I agree. It's yeah. funny because we were actually talking to Flex Mummy about this recent, like, oh, in a yeah. recent episode and that's literally what the topic was, was what is sex to us and, like, why have we gotten so, like, fixated on certain ways that sex goes yeah. for us and, like, certain, like, things that just happen in the bedroom in that course of like hooking up with somebody like it's interesting isn't it it totally is and just also like you know following on from that you you people tend to attach their self-worth and their success in the bedroom to those very limited Mm. uh um you know those limited it's like a ticking the box like ticking the little trying to get those things done but you have to look beyond that and like it's literally just whatever makes you feel good and whatever makes you feel connected to yourself or another person and going back to what you were saying about there's certain things that work for you to help you you know lessen that pain what are some of Mm. those sort of strategies and tactics that you've you've sort of formulated over the years I think foreplay first of all I think like instead of just rushing <laughs> into... that's for that's for all that's everybody I think even just looking at it like maybe not even looking at it as foreplay because foreplay can just be it mm. like it doesn't have to be yeah. um you know the destination like the journey enjoy the journey <laughs> like and that's, that's so true yeah I feel can... like I've had like more recently I feel like in the last couple of years like I've more had sex experiences where it has just been foreplay and it's been almost even better than some full like you know standard penetration sex experiences and I feel like foreplay needs to come back 2021 let's bring it back big time I think where did it go yeah don't (laughs) underestimate it man um, I think, yeah, so that's, I think is really important. Um, lube is like my best friend <laughs> and <laughs> do you know, one thing that I really want to try, but it's so hard in Australia to kind of access it, um, is like CBD lube. Yes. I've heard about this. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've used How it. it was, it's, yeah. Yeah. What was it like? Yeah. I had, well, it was great, except it stains the sheets. Oh. Bed, oh. Like bed threads, bed threads oatmeal were never the same. <laughs> not the bed threads. Um, not the bed threads oatmeal. I know this is how sexy I am. I've literally, it's like having sex in the 1950s with someone who's like, the no, sheep. Oh, you're not my special. But- hey, bed threads, you don't fuck with bed threads. Yeah, nothing in bed threads. Um, 
yeah. But yeah, it was it was really good, but it was also uh, I don't know. It sort of wasn't the unicorns and stars experience that I thought mm. it would be. If that makes sense, like it worked great as a standard lubricant first and foremost, which is its job. But because I don't have any um, experience around painful sex, I, I, I couldn't speak to that. But it worked great as a standard. Lube. Oh, I'm so intrigued. Yeah, I, I read an article. The headline was literally like, my vagina got stoned. Here's how it went. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, no. yeah. I mean, like I'm um, legally prescribed medicinal cannabis. So I do have THC oil and CBD oil. But I don't know if it's something that I could just like mix some lube with my oil. Like, I don't know, like <laughs> oh, the measurements God. and stuff. I feel like it could be really dangerous. You're like, I have no feeling down there now. Yeah. For- you can find anything. <laughs> on reddit though there was a reddit thread somewhere right now with the doses <laughs> someone oh. sorted that shit for you <laughs> yes yeah. of course of course only reddit um but yeah like that's something that i really do want to try but i think um lube is just like i mean it's so crucial because especially when when you do you know go into uh the deed and you already know that the pain can kind of spruik up at any time and like just i guess it's like a domino effect like when you do start to feel the pain then like next minute you've all dried up and you're like oh god damn it like yeah totally just, yeah i think lube is also like foreplay really underestimated and um, also needs to come back in 2021 like it's funny i was i was sent a press release about this new lube called figure or oh yeah i haven't tried it yet but i was actually going to ask you bridget if you had rex for lube because i feel like everybody has fallen off the lube train and needs to get back on it shouldn't be shameful if we need it and there's i feel like there's been so many more advancements in it than what you can just pick up at the pharmacy and every time i've gone and gotten one it's like the worst one (laughs) it's always just like it like fragrance get the fuck out with fragrance i can't yeah. Why would I want that fragrance? I don't want a fragrance. <laughs> so if you have any recs, I feel like tell our listeners because I think everybody's always looking for them. Well, yeah, sadly, I don't have any like particular brands that I've like, I'm still kind of like trial and error. And I think that's the real burden of it is that you do have to kind of go through like you end up having like multiple tubes and you're like figuring out like can we get some samples like when you go into you go into mecca and they like will test foundation and they'll give you a little and you could get the little pot get that going with lube i think it would make our life so much easier oh my god someone start this business please it's like you're sitting on a gold mine um i will say though there's one girl that i actually follow on instagram i think she's based in newcastle and her handle is pleasure and peach i think it's pleasure underscore and underscore peach and Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. is um she pretty much just has like this online shop uh and it's all about like yeah women's pleasure and she stocks all amazing like sex toys and lube and she has a wide range of lube and like she really knows her stuff talking about it because you kind of need to obviously steer clear of like the oil kind of based ones and do something that's like Mm. neutral and light and yeah Mm. no fragrance and kind of just you know still gonna be a bit balanced with what is it like your ph or whatever like you can't really yes you just gotta kind of keep it as natural as possible i suppose let's Um, not all give ourselves thrush on top of (laughs) let's not go (laughs) as natural as coconut oil yeah (laughs) remember let's not get too natural we need some chemicals and preservatives let's not dissolve the condom (laughs) 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 so you need somewhere between like natural and yeah Yeah. and chemical yeah for sure but um her account um yeah pleasure and peach she has a couple of blog posts and videos where she's talking through this stuff and like I think it's been really insightful for me but also just comforting like seeing 
this content kind of being pushed out and um, that it's a conversation that we can have because I, I feel like, yeah, just, I mean, maybe now when I'm, I'm about to turn 30, so I'm kind of just at this point where like I do feel comfortable talking about whatever it is. But, mm. you know, a couple of years mm. ago or when I first became sexually active when I was 18, definitely did not feel like we could talk about these things. Um, and like social media has helped with that so much as well. But even beyond lube as well, like the, the market is huge for, you know, sex toys and things that can support you, whether or not it's like a, a wedge, like that you can just mm. chuck on the bed to help the positioning and um, different toys, just embracing them and making them, you know, what it, wherever it is that makes you feel good, just kind of doing that. And yeah, just embracing that notion that sex doesn't just have to be penetration. I think that's just the key thing, hey? Yes, I feel like there's definitely, we're moving in that direction and it's really nice to see conversations happening around like this isn't, this ain't it. Like it does not have to just be like we go home, we make out, everyone gets their clothes off, we have sex and then we all just lie there. Like we all, all of us. Well, well that's home. the thing. And like I think we've just. <laughs> In a group sex. <laughs> yeah. But like we we focus too much on the guy's pleasure. Like what yeah. about us, you oh, know? Mood. It's it's so like it's so frustrating. But, but I even think... with guys, I feel like I've had sex with guys where they get so much more out of it having a longer foreplay time like everyone's getting more out of this like everybody is because firstly sex is going for longer so there's that Mm. but also like I don't know I just think in general yeah like foreplay has been like it's obviously still something that I think most of us do but just to what extent and like are we really thinking about it are we really like making it part a bigger part or, or a more of a priority in like our sexual experience uh, and I think particularly with these conversations coming up, it's like, yeah, why why are we so fixated on, well, I can't have, you know, comfortable sexual intercourse. That doesn't mean that you can't have sex, I suppose. And I think that's like a really interesting kind of topic, really, because I think a lot of people haven't really started to think about it in depth. Yeah, and if people are still at that stage where they don't feel entirely comfortable talking about it, like, and especially um, from an en- from an endo perspective, because in terms of like managing this condition, it's so important to take this multidisciplinary approach. Like, it's not just like go have surgery that will fix you. Like, you have to look at how endo affects your diet, how it affects mm. your pelvic floor. So, like doing things like pelvic physio, I personally found to be really beneficial. Um, my pelvic floor was so like just like gridlock like just Mm. from over the years because the muscles will tighten as a way that if they think it's protecting me from the pain but then they have pretty much just stayed in lock over the years and I went and started um I started seeing a pelvic physio in 2019 and she was just like you are tight like your, your <laughs> muscles like you didn't do like opposite of what everyone yeah. else is trying to achieve <laughs> yeah but like um she was like can you just relax them and I was like I am and she's like no you're not and oh so my God. I've yeah so for the last like yeah nearly two years I've been going um to get pelvic physio not as frequent now but like the first few sessions it was like fortnightly for the first few months and just you know it just for me to kind of get back in sync and actually Um, for me to feel uh, the tightness and then for me to have that ability to relax them and it's something that we call going into butter mode so I just had to like envision my my body melting like butter and it turned out that would relax my my muscles and then I'd take it home and like 
yeah, be in bed with my partner at the time. And I'd be like, all right, it's time to like turn into butter, butter mode. Be butter. <laughs> yeah, just do like deep breathing and like turn into butter and relax them. And um, like pelvic physio has been so important. And yeah, even if, if, if you feel like you need to talk to someone, whether or not you're in a relationship or like just navigating sex with yourself, go see a sexologist because this is stuff that, um, you know, I think we, when we think about endo, yeah, we do just think about like periods and, um, and, and, and nothing else beyond that, but it does affect your relationships and your dating life and, um, the connection that you have with yourself. So it's so important to, you know, look at these kind of options and add these kind of people to your little management team. Yeah. that's sweet. And I was actually gonna ask with relationships, um, what can partners do to help if their partner has endo, because I feel like we actually have quite a few male listeners. We've also got like, you know, female listeners who are bisexual or um, gay. And I think that there's a lot of people that are dealing with, or even like if it's like, I think, I think in terms of in a relationship is probably the most helpful because it sounds like that communication can be really difficult for someone with endo to actually be like, Hey, this is what's going on for me. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, without getting like super pluggy, but I've got a chapter in my book that's like a directly addressed to the loved oh, one. And good. it's just, yeah, it's just me being like, hello, loved one, um, you know, someone with endo and you're obviously <laughs> so important um, to them. But there's also this other thing that like really consumes their life that they really want you to understand because mm. they want you still to be in their life or whatever. Um, so, I mean, in terms of that chapter, like the communication is so important and just like learning what to say like what helps and what doesn't help um but in terms of relationships I think it's yeah just having that open conversation where like I think for us like people with endo we also need to be really careful and considerate into as to how we we talk about these things because we don't want to make our partner um whether it's in a relationship or just a casual partner you don't want to make them feel like it's their fault and because it can have such a detrimental effect on your self-esteem and your confidence in the bedroom and just yeah like I said before that feeling of rejection is it's really awful um so whether or not it's just like I mean you could both go and see a sexologist like that could be a really healthy um open thing um, that will help you kind of just yeah communicate your needs better. But I think that's probably it. Just like making sure both of you are communicating your needs and working out a way to kind of meet in the middle there. I think for for uh, partners, um, you know, for the people who don't have endo but they're engaging with people who have it, like for, I think the best thing for you is just even just understanding what endo is and just yeah. um, taking the time to do a bit of reading and um, understanding the effects that it can have on your body and that it is unpredictable. Like I, what's really hard is when we're told like, Oh, but you looked fine yesterday or, you know, you didn't, you weren't in pain yesterday or an hour ago. Like the pain will just come at mm. any given time. Like endo does not give a shit, you know, <laughs> like it does not discriminate. Um, and yeah, I think just having that awareness can be such a game changer um, and it does allow for you to have that more open conversation and understanding. And you just need to kind of still have that team ment mentality. Like you you have to be a team, you know, whether it is in a, a long-term relationship or if it's just teamwork in the bedroom for one night only. Like you are going into it together because you both yeah. want to come out of it both feeling good. You both deserve that. But it has to be... Um, it has to be an, you know, equal effort. You both have to pull your weight and kind of meet in, in the middle there. Yeah. That's also a great, I guess, sort of 
mindset to take into any sex totally. with any partner. Yeah. It's just like we're both a team. It might just be for tonight. It might be for life or it might be for, who knows, three just months. for now. But <laughs> yeah. three months, you know, it might just, but still going into it with that mindset is, you know, let's team up and both be in this together because sex is vulnerable for everyone, but even more so when you have an underlying condition, especially one that's chronic. And especially one that's invisible as well. Mm. Um, I think yes. that's such a big factor. But yeah, like you are both going into it to like feel good. So you you kind of just need to in, embrace that more. Um, yeah. That's the um the message to take home after listening to this podcast, <laughs> end or not. Yeah. <laughs> Bridget, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this I hope this actually did help people because I don't like I mean, I'm open with talking about sex, but sometimes, like, I'm not an expert. No. Like, especially. No. Um, I feel like personal experience, though, like, I like obviously, like, a sexologist or, like, a sex therapist is where we go for, like, all the, like, detailed advice. But I think personal lived experience is so massive for learning stuff. I learned heaps from t- just this conversation and even that <laughs> mindset of exactly, like, sex should be a team effort. And when you think about it in that way, you kind of take it away from, like, me, me, me and my pleasure and and, and think about mm. it being, like, a working together to both come out of it, like you said, having a great time. So even that, you know... We're all learning things here, just nuggets of well, wisdom. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of, of, of sex and even just life with endo. Like you kind of just figure it out as you go and there's no, there's definitely no one size fits all approach and there's no one singular answer. That's like why I called the book How to Endo. You know how we say like how to adult? Like yeah. who knows how to adult? Yes. Like, what the fuck is adulting? Yeah. This is like, <laughs> this is it. Like what the hell is endo? How do you endo? But that's the beauty of it. It's just like figuring it out as you go along but hearing other people's experiences hopefully that kind of takes the pressure off you to um kind of meet particular goals and just opening your um your perspective to figuring out what it is that feels best for you so yeah hopefully it has helped (laughs) and where can our listeners find you Bridget so I'm hovering around on Instagram I mean I've got my Mm -hmm. personal account Bridget Hustweight but you can also hit up endogram um, so that's where I post all of my stuff about endo. Um, it's probably where you see the most uh, raw side of me as opposed to my personal account. It's really interesting when I look at like the analytics um, because my personal account, I think um, most people are there because they follow you know me because they listen to me on the radio. But Endogram feels like a really safe space for me and for other people. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's where you can find all things endo and yeah, the book how to endo has just come out. So I hope that's, um, really helps whether or not you like, whether you have endo or even if you don't, but maybe, you know, someone who has it, mm. it just is, I think it's a read that, um, you know, everyone should kind of dive into cause it's just such a common condition and it does affect more people. Like it doesn't just affect the person who physically has to deal with it. It's, um, you know, as we've kind of talked about the, the impact on relationships as well, um, is, is really big. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Let's, let's all buy the book and we can all just like start dropping it on like hookups bedside tables like let's yeah. start a revolution <laughs> your number leave the book <laughs> leave the book yeah. um, we've got a link to buy the book in the bio for this episode and once again Bridget yes. thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us I learnt heaps yay thanks so Bridget glad. thanks guys thank you bye guys